Hi, this is Paul Siegel, and you're listening to Wandering DMs. Wandering DMs is broadcast live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash wanderingdms and youtube.com slash wanderingdms slash live. And now, on with the show. everyone welcome to wandering dms i'm paul and i'm dan and today on wandering dms we have jeff harkness and gary shotter and we're so happy that they're here from frog god games because they're going to tell us about splinters of faith their uh, combined campaign adventure path and temple source book that they have been working on for over 10 years so jeff and gary um welcome great hey. to be here hey it's a privilege thank you Awesome, awesome. Uh, we are very happy to uh, hear you guys uh, so clearly today, <laughs> which is which is great. Uh, so, um, so you guys uh, have uh, you guys have a Kickstarter that's going to be happening soon? Is it up now, or, or when is it, your Kickstarter going to launch here? Launch here on Tuesday, so we're going to kick it off then. Um, you, we've got the pre-launch page up now. Uh, if you Click the link I think you've got up here. We can you can go straight to it. Uh, be notified when it launches. So, cool, cool. So that's yeah. uh, Tuesday, March eight. I think is the plan. And yeah, if you're watching this yes. on uh, YouTube, uh, we do have links in our description to uh, Frog God Games. That'll take you to the Kickstarter. And uh, Jeff and Gary also provided a uh, uh, introductory pamphlet on what uh, what the adventure looks like and is about. Actually, so you can follow that. Uh, on our YouTube description. So tell me about um, 10, 10, you've been working on uh, this for 10 years and initially uh, Splinters of Faith was published uh, by Frog God as a series of separate modules. Um, right. What? How did you guys get started with this enormous work? When, when did the, what, what was the initial idea when you first started? Well, um... I was greatly inspired by uh, Necromancer Games, the Book of Taverns, how they had a book of different taverns and scenarios that uh, you could use a sandbox type of setting with pick and choose. So I came up with the idea of um, let's have a book of temples. So Jeff and I have been friends for 40 years or so, and yeah. uh, we started bouncing ideas back and forth. And I remember who came up with this of what if we have it linked, all the temples linked together? So it's just massive continental adventure leading uh, PCs from one one temple to the next, you know, each one getting tougher and tougher. And that's how it basically started back in 2002, 2003. Yeah, 2002. Yeah. Um, and then I think we hit upon the idea of, well, let's not have just one temple that they go to. Let's have a good temple and an evil temple in each adventure. And that's where that's where that started. Um, so the the good temple is usually where they start off in and then they end up in the evil temple. But both of the temples are detailed enough that you can pull it out. You don't want to put it in our adventure. We don't we don't mind. Drop it in your own. I mean, that's what this is designed for. Um, but if you want to do a big adventure, we've got it ready for you. Yeah. So <laughs> epic. Cool, cool. Uh, so, it, so it actually started as a source book for temples, and the adventure was a was a was a second barrel of mm -hmm. of things you could do with it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And 
Um, going back in history here a little bit, we we wrote this book as one massive book and turned it into Bill Webb at Frog God Games. And there were about a hundred maps at that time, which was a lot in 2002. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's part of the reason why that was, it was split into 10 volumes because we needed time to actually create the maps. So you got, you got the first volume, you got the second and that. So when we did that, we ended up stripping out a lot of stuff that we've now had the chance to go back and throw back in. Wandering monster encounters, um, some details of the temples, things like that, that really didn't work, you know, when it was split into 10 adventures. But this, this, new book, this new book is, is really going to be interesting, I hope. Um, we've got it full color, new maps, new art, new um, design. Like I said, almost every adventure has been retooled in some form. And then we've added new filler adventures that weren't in the original. Um, and the one thing that I did want to mention is we took um, the great care when the, when the original adventures were published, we had a lot of really strong reviewers who were out there um, going through them and saying, hey, I didn't like this. Why'd you do this? We took all these considerations into, you know, the new book and we fixed the things that they suggested. We were like, yeah, you're right. This yeah. did not work or why, why did we do that? So we've even mentioned them in our credits because they, they played a big part in it too. That's that's really fascinating. You know, uh, Dan and I talk a lot about uh, adventure design process and specifically playtesting. I think we've had some past episodes where we dig deep into playtesting content. So I was kind of curious as you were talking about how it started out as one book and then broke it apart, and now it's being re-released as a as a, a single volume. I'm kind of curious how much of this emerged from actual play. Have have you run it as one giant end to end thing for a group? Um, yes, sir. like. What kind of play experience do you guys have with it? That's I'd love to know. I, my gaming group has been uh, together for 27 years, once a week, wow. and it's yeah we we've become like a brotherhood and sisterhood. I'm gonna no one say that, um, but I play test them whether they like it or not through everything I write, and this <laughs> had the most fights for my players ever. Yeah, oh my gosh, um, awesome. I think we had two or three TPKs. Um, of course, they make mistakes, and you have to pay for your mistakes. <laughs> yeah, we don't pull punches in this one. This is a tough adventure. I mean, the first level, when, when we, we wrote the first adventure, and it was, you know, temples, but we never had a title. And finally, we just said, well, it starts with a chicken. That's the title. So the title <laughs> of the first started with a chicken. <laughs> and that's what you do. You're this little village as first level adventurers looking for a missing chicken. And then from there, you're thrown into an undead tomb. <laughs> nice. 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 Yeah. At some point, there might be a piece of art that goes by on our scroll, actually, of the chicken. Oh, the um, chicken is in there. Yeah. Talking, which, which starts off the initial adventure. And I, I kind of like the fact that a number of pages happen to have like a chicken somewhere in the margin, like wandering around, lost in the, in the, in the documents that I see. <laughs> so, so, so 
you're talking now you're talking like 20 years of, of, of design effort into this series of temples and adventures. And, and like Paul was picking on when I was reading the background information, there's a rather pointed line where you say, now, look, this is has a very old school design to it. There's going to be a fairly high body count, likely the PCs. And yes, when we were playtesting this, this, there was just an enormous number of PC deaths that's actually written in the background mm -hmm. information to to the adventure. Um, how are, do, do you feel like that's um, uh, how do you feel that hits modern audiences? Do you, are you comfortable with throwing that at modern on audiences? Or do you feel that there might be some people that would be like, oh, no, my my character is just too precious to risk in the actual death. <laughs> I, to, believe, to me, that's part of the game is that that risk, that risk factor. You know, if I make a mistake, it could be deadly. And um, when we write, uh, I actually just put warnings in there for this, the PCs, like, hey, this might not be a good choice or something. And if they don't follow their instinct, they, they pay the price. Uh, yeah. Um, my, my players are used to rewriting characters a lot. There, there's a... Well, actually, there's a credit on the beginning of it. Um, I think there were 32 in, or 32 PC deaths during playtesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, did, is that? Did you work that into the content at all? Are there are there tombstones or or remains to be found? There, you know, there there are people's names and players names and nice. all over this thing um you gotta know oh, where to look great. but they are all in there <laughs> um <laughs> but um there, there's one thing at the at the, the end adventure in this is really really tough and for modern audiences i can see yes their their favorite character may get beat up a lot um but as Gary said, we put the warnings in there. When you walk into this giant room and there's two 20 or 30 foot wide pits filled with nothing but bones, don't go messing around with it. <laughs> if you do, you deserve what happens. <laughs> That's our kind of our first edition kind of, you know, don't pull any punches. If it's there, you know, you've got a chance to avoid it or run or run. Um, running is good for a lot of these. <laughs> now, I, was, I, was say, as I, was, I was saying to Jeff and Gary, go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. What were we going to say about fifth edition? Well, I, fifth edition players, I know there's a lot of text boxes for them to um, get a feel for. We don't use text boxes that much in this adventure because we're Again, we're still kind of the old school, um, the old dungeons where the descriptions are there for the GM to pull out, tell them what they need to know. But I don't know if 5e players are ready. Well, not they're, they're ready, but I don't know if they're going to be expecting some of the stuff that jumps out at them in these mm -hmm. adventures. Because <laughs> we try to twist, we try to use the setting and the monsters together. Um, we have a jungle, obviously, with a bunch of Tyrannosauruses running around in it. You can avoid those pretty easily. 
except that the Tyrannosauruses are also accompanied by a bunch of Will-O-Wisps that like to lead the Tyrannosauruses to you. Oh, oh, that's that's really devious. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just little things like that that we've tried to bring this old school feel into the five E. I mean, yeah, sure, you can defeat the Tyrannosaurus, but when he's tracking you, have at it. <laughs> <laughs> I was scanning. I was scanning that last adventure in the series. And I'm so glad you guys sent it over because, like I said before, the show started. Uh, we don't. I don't normally get a chance to actually see the conclusion to uh, a new adventure product that someone's working on, and I got to say the the combination of it's tough mechanically. Okay, so I'm scrolling down and there's like, yeah, here's an encounter where three tyrannosaurs jump out at you plus other stuff. I'm like, oh geez, um, and it's also really successful as a piece of horror writing. It's really scary. Like the, the thematic pieces of what you see and what you hear and what you run into and what you feel are like really quite terrifying to be perfectly frank. And um, uh, if someone is looking for that in their old school gritty horror survival, which frankly is what I'm familiar with with D&D, you guys have been extremely successful. I've seen a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, evil adventures and reading that last adventure, even I was kind of jumping in my seat about how really successful you'd really leaned into the, 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 the fantasy horror element. I mean, if we can get the player's blood pumping, I think that's a good thing. I mean, we want them to feel this as their character is going through. I, there's a subtle, little subtle touch that I, I really, really still enjoy in that last adventure. It has nothing to do with the adventure itself, but when you walk into a room, the floor is like onyx, and the reflections of your players are all of them being dead, of skeletons on you know your reflection. So as you're looking down, you're just seeing your reflections as dead, and the undead you're fighting all appear alive. It's just a little subtle yeah. Yeah. thing yeah. in there, and that you know that's the touches that we we threw in there. I think when we've had, like when Paul and I have had conversations and we've had whole episodes dedicated to uh, horror in D&D, &D, I think one of the things we've said is these changes of perspective can be like one of the most unsettling mm -hmm. things in those situations. Mm -hmm. And Paul has some cases where like he's forced player swaps in the characters, right? So now a character is being played not by its normal player or something like that. And so while you're talking about that of, you know, these mirror visions of things that could or might not be, um, I think is very successful. And I think one of the things I noticed in the adventure is you guys do a really good job about using um, monsters that you really wouldn't expect to conceivably be your allies, right? But there's one or two or three places whereby the last monster in the world either looks or reacts to the players not the way that you would expect and for someone that again has played D&D for 40 years to be able to surprise me like that I think was very successful so players going through this uh, you are not necessarily going to be able to detect who the monster is on site and you're not going to necessarily be able to detect who might possibly be an ally and I thought that was very surprising and successful. I don't know if you guys want to spoil like one of them. 
Like, what is what is one case where you guys like flip flop the monster on us? Uh, the cowering fire giant in the last adventure. Oh, that's right. I forgot about him. Yeah, there is a fire giant who uh, I don't give too much away, but he fled <laughs> yeah. the uh, a cruel reign and is cowering for his life because he's petrified. And the PCs could happen to wander upon him, and he could give information with them, even even going as far as helping them um, defeat the uh, evil um, Lich King, I guess you'd say. Yeah. There's um, the last adventure is set up so I mean, if you get a party that wants to go in and just try to take it on head on, you could yeah. try. Um, it's a whole city of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, underneath a uh, rolling black storm that's shooting lightning bolts, innervation, yeah. innervation bolts down to strike any living thing on the ground. But you, you're welcome to try. <laughs> but we, but that, that, that option is there, and that's where the sandbox from the old school ones for us came in. That option's there, but there's also another way in, and then there's maybe a third way in. So, depending on how you play, you can get into this place. Now, what happens from there? Yeah, obviously, <laughs> on you. But I have a yeah, I have a con I have a, a viewer comment. I'm going to throw up on screen okay. real quickly uh, if I know how to do this. Uh, like this is that how I do it? <laughs> Did I hit? Did I do that successfully, Paul? Or is that? There you go. There you go. So uh, on YouTube, Zach G uh, is, uh, said a couple <laughs> minutes back, Jeff is probably the most competent hero at FGG. Now I'm going to make a wild. It's Zach G. I'm going to make a wild stab and say that's probably Zach Glazer. So uh, thank you. Zach, and, yeah. and I, I mean, Gary's great too. What are you? What, what are you doing, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> Right, and uh, I I see that uh, that Jen Glazer is also checking our our audio levels actually. So thank you guys very much for checking in today. We appreciate Sounds it. Sounds good. <laughs> I have, I've been editing everything at Frog God for at least fifteen years now. So every book I pretty much had a hand in editing wise. So the um, but yeah, we started out writing, and then I got more involved doing all that. So that's. That's good to hear. <laughs> I'm going to put one more comment up who, because they're, they are addressing Gary in particular. Um, and uh, Caden is saying, well, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Caden, thank, thank you for pointing that out. Thank you. Uh, yeah. We try he's to get running the soundboard at the, at the high school play right now. And he's watching on his phone while he's doing this. I shouldn't try it, but doing the soundboard for the entire high school right now. So that's my boy. That's awesome. Uh, audio's hard. We respect that. You know, audio is hard oh. to get right. So we got you got to pay attention <laughs> to that. <game. laughs> oh dear! Let's hope his teacher doesn't see this. <laughs> now Classy. let's talk. Uh, let's Let's talk switching editions a little bit. So this is going to be this particular product, which is interesting because you're telling me that it was originally written as a giant tome and got split up. And now it's yeah. going to finally be seen together. Um, is this the second time that, that it's been produced in some way? Or have you had more productions that I lost count of? No, no, no just twice. Yeah, yeah just just 
the first book had um, an OSR Swords and Wizardry and a mm -hmm. Pathfinder version. That was the original 10 volumes. And then there's been nothing since then. So now we've done the full volume for 5e, and we're also producing another OSR version of it. Okay. We originally wrote it for 3.0. Yeah. And after we finished it, 3.5 came out. We're like, oh, man. <laughs> so we had to go back and change things. And then, yep. yeah, it's, it's been a trial. trial. I mean, it's something else. Yeah. There was a surprisingly small window when 3.0 was on the market. We, Paul and I were very surprised at how quickly they switched to 3.5. So I can totally yeah. understand that that happening. Um, now, to be clear, the the current the, the the new version, the the 5e and the OSR versions, will those be in one single book or will they be separate books? Uh, separate books. We'll have two hard um, yeah two hardcovers that people can buy on the Kickstarter. Um, the 5e. Um, I mean, they're going to be similar, just different systems. I mean, you know, there's a few design things that we have to adjust for for the OSR because, you know, monster levels change and things like We were talking about that earlier with uh, we had a specter in one. And in yeah. 5e, the specter just didn't fit the mid-level adventure for us. So... You know, we can leave it in the OSR, but we changed it. I think it was a Wraith or something yeah. it became after that. I think so. Spectres went from a CR7 to a 1. <laughs> so it didn't make sense to have it in a level adventure. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. We had to go through a lot of monsters like that. Yeah. There was just updating like that, making it fit for the 5e, to either creating a tougher version of the monster or um, adjusting it, you know, different, more or whatever else like that. They had to replace a lot. Yeah, the, still, the basics I think that's are there. A lot of, yeah, a lot of our guests that, that have been translating uh, Adventures of 5e, they say the same thing, is that there has, to be a, there has to be a bunch of monster swapping. I remember Janelle Jaquais in particular saying that she has to mm -hmm. do that um, for her adventures. Is that the month? I, I wouldn't have been able to say that Spectres are now CR1. That seems very... I, I, I thought you were going to say that they'd been upped in CR level. Um, that's yeah. really surprising. No, no, I think it's I think it's lower. Yeah, Ghosts or the other one, they are really uh, much lower in five E. I don't. I'm oh. not a five E player. I have the books, but my, my kids play five E. But I'm learning. Well, well we, you I, know, we I try mean, to straddle hear rumor on that, the show the same that, way. That, yeah, and and of course, we hear rumor that six is coming, right? So uh, get yeah. ready, get ready to convert again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although this is interesting, right? Because I think I think that. Um, you know, Dan, you and I talked about this uh, this information that we heard that that they're attempting to keep the CRs consistent between five and six. And yeah. perhaps this is exactly the issue they're attempting to address, so that you know maybe hopefully your content doesn't need too much re retooling to go from five to, to six. Or I'm calling it six, but of course they haven't actually called it that officially. So who knows what the next version is going to be? It'll be five point five. Yeah, five point five could be. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. Five wasn't even five, right? Five was next, and now, now it, yeah, yeah, now it's five. <laughs> That's a really good point, and you're right, Paul. Of course, I think in what is it? Monsters of Multiverse is the most recent Wizards book. They yeah. their their preview goes on and on and on about how their primary motivation is we're changing monsters, but we're trying to keep the CRs the same. So I think this particular pain point 
that everybody's talking about is uh, it's, it's well considered. They probably don't want to throw that that wrench in again. Um, yeah. Let me just throw up a uh, let me throw up a comment from uh, Chris here. I think uh, Chip. Sorry, Chip Schultz here. Um, so Chip uh, was asking how much has uh, been added to or changed from the previous version. Uh, that's available from FGG. So maybe you guys could tell us a little bit more about how this has evolved from the prior version that you did have published. Okay, so um, I mentioned some of this earlier where um, the reviewers at the beginning, because they, they got the, the 10 volumes, they didn't see any of the um, material that we you know obviously had to remove. So we didn't have the wandering monster encounters. We didn't have um, some of the meat in, in between the bones there. Um, now that we've put all that back in, it's a much fuller adventure. Um, we've got, we have a group of evil, I want to say bad guys basically just running around called the Dogs of Orcus. And they never really made a good appearance in the um, original adventure. Now we have Wandering Monster Encounters set up by uh, your character levels where you can meet different ones at any time in this adventure. So, I mean, while they're traveling from one temple to another, oh, here's another setting with these. So, you know, you're, that's what you're going to get there. On the individual adventures, um, I want to say most of them have been retooled. Um, we have a knoll. Um, for those who don't know Splinters, um, it it has all of these temples. There's at least 20 temples in there, a good temple and a bad temple. And we built it based on environments as well. So we wanted this to be a useful source book. So we have two temples set in, let's say, um, it's called the Wailing Glacier. There's one temple of good temple set right in, in the Wailing Glacier and out of it, where the Wailing Glacier is melting and it's revealing this temple. Nice. So that's the good temple. The evil temple is actually inside the glacier. So we have your frozen setting. The desert, we have the desert I find the interesting one. It's a temple, it's a pyramid overcome by knolls. But there's a deeper hidden thing in there. So don't expect just one monster. We're, you know, we're, not, we're not just gonna throw one monster at you and fight a bunch of knolls. <laughs> um, but during the course of that, you get to see glimpses of the good temple from hundreds of years in the past. You start seeing things popping in. Um, and as to um, new stuff, we've actually had this other adventure that was uh, loosely connected that fit into the middle of it. And it is a haunted house adventure where these ghosts come into play. We've got a whole system with ghosts and cinematic abilities. Like, you know, when they come into the room, blood drips from walls. You know, different things occur in every room. Um, so that's all in there. There's, um, yeah, I wrote that one uh, inspired by an old Disney movie called Child of Glass. It was uh, on Disney Sundays. Yeah, I went back and watched it again. It's not what I remember. 
But anyway, that memory was eight years old, stuck in my brain, and then I wrote an adventure very loosely based on that. Very loosely. Ghost child. <laughs> but it's in there now. It's in the main Splinters book, yeah. so it's all, all incorporated. But we just added another bonus chapter. Um, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Working on another that might get added in if we hit, hit our pledge levels with it. So. Cool. cool. Um, awesome. Which I can give the title. We've been thinking it's called Acid Swamp of the Demon Prince. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a great title. <laughs> that's a great title. <laughs> you know, honestly, um, let me throw this out because that's that's one of the things we worked forever on titles. Um, our our first one is of course called It Started with a Chicken because of the chicken. Um, but then we had Culvert Operations, which is a sewer system underneath a city. Um, a lot of play on words. A lot of play on words. Uh, <laughs> air of Sin. Air of Sin is an air temple. But this air is in H-E-I-R, yeah. So, great, yeah, great. You've got you've got great time. The very first adventure yeah. has a has a poverty Bethel, which which kind of yeah. jumped out at me. Actually, it was like, yeah, that that that's on point. Yep. Yeah, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the town where basically chickens are about the only thing you have. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we here on Wandering Devs are much lazier about our titling. Uh, yeah. Viewers may re remember we've uh, we've done some some uh, live dungeon creation on the show. And we usually just uh, roll four times on the uh, n adjective noun of the adjective noun table. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, in our defense, Paul, we, we we don't have twenty years to do it. We have since true. we do the entire dungeon one hour. We, we have, have about twenty hour. seconds to come up with the title, right? <laughs> well, now in our defense, we there, we've, not, we've not changed them in twenty years, so we got well, them right yeah. the first time. <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent. So That's I, I'm design. curious, since since that came up, I'm always kind of curious about this part uh, when we talk to folks who have designed uh, content like this, which is, you know, how how much would you say, or is there any part of the content that you're creating that is randomly generated? Like, are you rolling on tables ever to create your content, or is everything very intentionally placed? Everything's intentional. Um, like when That's I it. when I'm writing the the NPCs and monster names. A lot of them have that Gygaxian look that uh, feel that I I use people's names and switch the letters around anagrams and such so they represent real people in the real world. Now who they are, that's up to them to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> A good example what, what is uh, Poverty's Vest uh, Poverty's Poverty's uh, Bethel. That one. Um, it takes place in a town called Lessif. Which is one of my good friends, Dennis. That's his last name spelled backwards. Dennis Fessel. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of a little tribute to him. What what, what about the inverse? Does it, are there are there tables in the books? Do you use wander? Do you do you present wandering monster tables for for dungeons? Um, you know, is there other places where where players are going to have to roll on tables, drink from a fountain, and roll on this chart? Anything like that? Um, there, yeah, there are the. I want to say it's like 30 pages of wandering monster tables in different environments that you can pull from um, in just before the adventures get started. Like I said, that was added back in. Um, mm. There's generic 
wandering monster tables if you just want a generic monster and then there's specific kind of tied to the adventure these people also are looking for the um scepter that you're trying to find so awesome. it's there's a lot of wander or a lot of tables in there to roll on for that mm -hmm. um right. as to drinking something and seeing what happens let's say I, I I tend to think with him most of the time, if you drink something, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> There's no need to roll on that one. You're, you're, you can roll up a new character. I mean, that's, that's the roll you're going to get. <laughs> roll, roll a D6 on one to, one to six, you've been poisoned. <laughs> There's, there's your table right there. Oh, that's great. That's great. I mean, as the as the wandering DMs, of course, we we really appreciate when wandering uh, charts are incorporated in any material. Uh, we're we're hoping more and more to uh, wander into other other locales ourselves. It's true. Any yeah. any guests that say they don't have wandering monsters immediately get kicked off the show. So I'm glad that you guys passed yeah, yeah. that. That's that test here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to say, we're, we're also putting together for Splinters, we've got um, some add-ons coming with the Kickstarter with a GM journal and a player's journal. And the GM journal, we're looking to include other things in that that can be useful as you're uh, running, this, running the game. Um, trinkets in, you know, just random PCs pockets, uh, menus that you might find at some of the bars and things. Um, wanted posters. Wanted posters. <laughs> Postcards. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... Um, the Player's Journal version will have a guide sort of to the general area that they can refer to, you know, written kind of in character. So, you know, it throws all that in. Um, Gary mentioned postcards here. We're actually including a set of postcards with the book that since you're visiting these temples we have postcards of the temples and less of you know where poverty's bethel is has its own less of big with the chicken on it we have the hanging gardens you know kind of the play on the you know hang in there yeah you'll fall for the hanging gardens kind of thing. You know, they're, they're <laughs> cheesy postcards that you would get in a gift shop. But we wanted them to be part of this. And they actually kind of also evolved into a sort of meta game outside of the book for the players. Mm. So there's a story going on in the back of them that, you know, they can read as they get each postcard. So Awesome. That's, that's, that's very cool. That 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 is that is pretty neat. I, I mean, I like I like the idea. I mean, I, I love physical objects within the game. Any kind of thing that are going to give us interesting handouts to pass around the table. I think that's that's fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. I just I just want to take a moment here though to point out, like as as we've been talking, we've of course seen some of the artwork scrolling around on on screen, um, and it's it's just gorgeous. Uh, you know, we've got uh, I'm going to chuck the comments up here. Uh, you know, so obviously our, our folks in the chat really enjoying the yeah. artwork as well. I'm wondering, 
um, you know, if you can comment at all on the, on the, on the process of adding art to your, to your product, is it, uh, is it something you guys have been hands-on in or any reactions that you've had to what you've seen come through the pipe? Um, honestly, yeah, we created, um, suggestions for the art mainly we, you know, we went through the book and then suggested that And Casey Christofferson has been, is in charge of the art. He's been tapping the, uh, um, artists to get what they want. But for the most part, we've let them um, go with it. I mean, the dancing, the woman dancing with the man is actually from the haunted house adventure that was added into the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's, it is, it's gorgeous. My, one of my favorites is the, um, uh, the woman breathing the fire on the skeleton. Yeah. 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 That's a great picture. piece. It is. Yeah. And the, it's the little details that you don't notice right away. But if you look really closely, just below where she's blowing fire, there's a skull sitting on a column back in the back. Nice. You just kind of notice it afterward. Um, that's one one of the Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, there it is. But you notice the little skull sitting on the column back, or pillar back in the back there. <laughs> I go with the art notes of the approach it. These artists are professionals and let them be artists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, it needs to relate to the book, but I want to see their take on it. You know, their envision using yeah. our descriptions, what they come up with. Now, to me, it's that's some pretty good art. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah this is, I mean, that's I, I find a delightful part of the process. I'm curious if you've ever had uh, the experience where the art has come back and the artist has has taken a, an interpretation on something or added something that you're like, this is so good, it's got to get into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, the original cover of um, the original Splinter's cover on the original modules. Um, I never can pronounce his name. Rick Sardine, Sardina, Sardina. Mm-hmm. Um, he did this gorgeous cover of this dryad, dryad with two axes, two axes. She was nowhere in the original modules. <laughs> we liked so much. We went back and put a big scenario with her in it. It was, it yeah. turned out great. Yeah. But man, he that's awesome. Great artist. Is that, is yeah, that connected to yeah. the, is that in the adventure connected to the, the temple with the knolls? Is that right? Which one? The, Oh, the, um, dried. No, that's in the very no, last, the very last adventure. Yeah. No, she's okay. not. A nice I, I was, I was reading it and you know what, that one, act that, that the, the text for that kind of popped out at me. I actually, uh, the way you guys described her, I actually felt you're like, oh, geez, they're, they're kind of pulling on my heartstrings there. I would, this is totally the kind of person I would have a huge crush on. They really, <laughs> exactly. they really nailed, they completely nailed the and and totally out of my league, to be perfectly clear, right? <laughs> I've, I've had that experience of when they totally nailed this, like completely out of your league, not interested in you, uh, you know, wonderful personality. That's a great <laughs> character. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Oh, but yeah, the art is um, just something else. I mean, I've been amazed. And we, we've got a lot of art. I mean, what you've got is a, a fraction of it. I mean, there, yeah. there's some other things that are just really, really, really well done. So it's all full color. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it's all full color. Yeah. We've tried to get and like a, Jeff and Gary. Uh, like Jeff and Gary were saying, um, you know, uh, some of the pieces of the temples come in physical postcards uh, to hand out to players so they see what they're doing. And I know you have other 
um, tiers in your Kickstarter that possibly you're going to have uh, other pieces of art um, presented in a way that you can just hand off to the players too. So, yeah, and, which is a great yeah. use for it. Yeah, I can't remember what the pledge level is for them, but there is one for them to get copies of the PDF, copies of the art to you know show, you pull it up on the iPad or whatever it is. But yeah, it's it's evocative, which is yeah. <laughs> of each each setting. The Tyrannosaurus with I, you can't see the kobold on his back, but there is a kobold riding the him with a saddle. <laughs> <laughs> I you know what's funny? Reason, I've had no. adventures. The, the 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 art is so is so great, and I've had adventures in the past, like old stuff from TSR, whereby I ran an encounter, right, mm -hmm. and the players like, okay, and we're getting a fight, and we're da 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 da, right, and then at the end of the encounter, I said, oh, you know, there's a full page piece of art for this encounter. Here it is, and my mm -hmm. players were like. Well, if we knew that it looked like that, we would have run. We absolutely would not have fight. We would not absolutely would not have fought that if we knew that's what it looked like. So I don't know. You might have more players, uh, maybe fifth edition players, running finally if you if you show some some of the truly truly horrible things that you're throwing them into here. Well, we we've, we've said you you, you better run. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Um, I don't know if I you've got the art there, but it's the um, oh, it's an undead guy sitting on a throne with like bones coming out of his head. Yeah, he's he he is. I can't remember the name right now, but he's been in a tomb. This this is actually from the first adventure. Hmm. I mean, you know, for the low level first level adventures, he's in this tomb. And he's been so bored, locked in this tomb, that he's taken other bones and driven them into his skull just to give himself a fearsome appearance. But yeah, that's that's who you face. <laughs> that's one of the, you know, again, that's something that popped out at me when I read it. I'm sorry, Paul. And and uh, you guys are very successful at this horror thematics of a, a, an undead who's actually driven more bones into his head as accoutrement and yeah. um so so this particular character popped out at me and uh i know you guys haven't read it but before the show started i said there's a lot that jeff and gary have written here that remind me of the thomas covenant books of like really really gritty creative horrible stuff um and it's very very evocative like that what were you gonna say paul i'm gonna cut you off there uh no no you're you're fine so that, that 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 the character that we were just looking at absolutely jumped out at me when I was reading. It's very, I don't know, I don't know where you came up with that, but as a player, I would be really worried. <laughs> I like to give my uh, monsters and NPCs, you know, some background, so why they are the way they are, and write in, you know, if you're stuck in a tomb for a thousand years, yeah, you're gonna be creative with your undead skin and yeah, uh, do some things. You know? <laughs> You know, let me ask this. So you have so that so, so Splinters of Faith is uh, you know officially, if you play the campaign adventure set in the Frog God uh, Frog God Games uh, Lost Lands setting, right? And I love the the timeline in the back of the. You, normally, I see these like historical timelines, and I roll my eyes, and I'm like, oh, here comes a bunch of stuff and kings and queens, and it actually sucked me into a degree that I wasn't expecting. What came? first was did did your adventures and i feel that to me it feels like 
the 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 background legacy very much feeds into and informs who these monsters are and how long they've been in the tomb and why they were there and what they wanted while you know what they were working on while they've been trapped or something like that what came first that historical timeline or the adventures or or were they developed in parallel well we we developed the temples first and then we tied them in um the backgrounds together mm -hmm. And then um, this was before there was even land uh, maps of uh, Libanos okay. and lands of lost. Oh, lost so, lands, yeah. Yeah, the lost lands. Land, land of the lost is the more tyrannosauruses. Oh my gosh, I thought it was a TV <laughs> show. Um, yeah, so we developed all this stuff before we had a setting. So when the settings came out, we're like, oh, this is really awesome. We love this. We started writing more and going back. So it was a process of like close to 20 years. Um, Going back and changing things, making it fit, um, adding things, taking things out didn't work, and it's a big process. There, uh, here's one design change that I can remember that um, I started. Um, I took the timeline that's in the Lost Lands setting. It's a lot of that is in that um, timeline that I provided in Splinters, and then I started working in our stuff like the birth of this person, the death of this person, when this place was this and all of this stuff. And I realized that the, there's a there's a place in there where the poles shift on the planet, which caused widespread destruction. And I was like, oh, now wait, that is a perfect setting of why some of our events happen. So I, I kind of retrofitted some things in there. At one point, um, there was a um, a city that was buried in the original adventure in the modules. It was buried by a volcano that buried the city, and then the new city was built atop it. Well, we realized there's no real volcano near this place. <laughs> so, so I've kind of retrofitted that because now it was a tsunami that engulfed this whole, because it was set on, set on the coast. And I realized that the poles shifting was the perfect opportunity to go back and fix this old mistake that was in there. Um, but yeah, that timeline has kind of grown and evolved. But um, yeah, it's, it's we've tried to focus on everything. But yeah, it's all, it's very much in there. I think I think it works very well. I think it works very well, and it feels like there's a lot of organic play. To that now on what you just said there jeff let me bring up let me follow up follow that up with a question that um that chip sent us a little while ago so uh chip was asking if i go back to something i wrote 20 years ago there are definitely going to be things i read and think wow that's just that's just terrible um did you all also find stuff in the old adventures that you felt that way about oh yes many things and a lot of it came out from the the peer reviews on the internet from people saying yeah. hey this Quite frankly, this encounter sucks. We need to change it. And we went back and go, you're right. When we were writing it, it sounded great, but after you play test it and read it, you're like, what were we thinking? You know what? <laughs> there were too many late nights and Mountain Dews involved in some of yes. it. Um, but, but yeah, we, we went back and corrected that stuff. Um, and yeah, it is. It's very strange to go back and read something you wrote 20 years ago and then go, Huh? And how does mod? And honestly, how do modern people feel about this? I mean, 
there were things that were obviously written way in the back in the day that we've changed. Yeah, gotten rid of. I mean, it just doesn't play in a modern audience. So Absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad we did. I'm glad we got the chance to do that and have had the time because I think it makes it a lot stronger now um, when it finally comes out here. I think there was a time in the uh, 80s, 90s when I was really hypercritical with uh, you know TSR. And they were pumping out modules. And to my understanding, they were giving their writers a month. They were giving their writers four weeks. As you have to write a whole adventure from start to finish. And we pump it out and it's on the market and it's sales and it's income to us. And they did not have time to play test it. And I personally really feel like I can tell the difference. I can just feel the texture mm -hmm. in what I'm reading, whether there's been time to uh, cook it properly or not. And right. um, I think the, I, I feel like I can feel the depth and the organic play in your guys' material that has been uh, uh, brewed and knit together in, in a way that really works very well. So I'm, I'm really glad you guys had a, have a chance to, to revisit it. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, that's the um, thing about this one. It, it does play well as a huge adventure. But again, if you're looking for a book with 11 adventures, you could pull any of these out for, you know, a, if you need a fifth level adventure, there's a fifth level adventure, little fine tuning, you're all set. It worked well standalone. It's all standalone. We believe almost. I, I hate railroading players, you know, that's the fun of the game is personal choice. And um, that way we designed it that you, you want this part of this temple or mm -hmm. this adventure or just a few minor changes. You can adapt it to your own campaign. Yeah. We're we're very in the old school with the I mean our favorite what's your favorite adventure Yeah, Lost Caverns of Sajkanth. Yeah, <laughs> by far my favorite adventure ever written. I yeah. Second, yeah. but yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of that design, and I'm like Thrizden, the the Temple of Thrizden there. Yeah, just yeah. it's just a temple, but you, I don't want to go back into it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I will, I, I will, I, this, th I think this might be news to Paul. If uh, I was planning on running uh, uh, Saj Kanth uh, as a live stream actually on this show um, a year ago, but it got, it got wiped, our plans for that doing it live got wiped out by, by the, uh, the pandemic, unfortunately. But that would yeah, be my yeah. next, of the couple of things that we've done, like a marathon live stream on, that would actually be my <laughs> next sab. So, oh, and Spirit Faith has that feel to it. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's compliment Definitely. I could ever hope to have. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, let me let me throw up one more uh, one more of your comment here before we get out. And this it would be uh, Zach G again <laughs> saying Gary is wise. Lost Caverns is best. It is. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> We are we are running close to time here, uh, Jeff and Gary. Is there is there anything that we haven't touched on here that that you would like our viewers to know about Splinters of Faith? Well, I hope you everybody enjoys it and um, at least looks at it and considers buying it. Of course, we we both have um, real world jobs and writing is just a more of a hobby and something we really enjoy doing and we do it for the love of the game and not because we're you know, driving Lamborghinis or anything, yes, no. <laughs> we, we can only yeah. afford Ferraris. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
we figured it out when we first wrote the adventure way back, you know, 18, 17, 18 years ago, we made like 15 cents an hour writing that adventure. So yeah, it was something else, but now I can't imagine how much more time we spent on it. Revi revising and adding and changing. Yeah. But I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of, people that have helped out with this one too. The artists, the map makers, everybody. Yes. This is all a team effort for Frog God. And I'm really happy everybody's joined in. So I mean, if everybody goes checks out our Kickstarter, we'd be really, really happy. And we, we couldn't have done it without the support of Bill Webb. We gotta mention him. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's my guru. That's why I'm wearing the Hawaiian shirt. That's for you, Bill. <laughs> Uh, Dan, any any final thoughts or questions? I, I mean, it looks good. I I really I, I have had a lot of fun myself actually reading through it, and I have had a couple jump scares. Honestly, of like it's 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 really well it's really well written. I I like it. Fantastic. Uh, viewers, if you uh, uh, look at the notes in our in our video here on YouTube, I'm sure there are links there to uh, to Frog God Games and to the the, the Kickstarter and uh, all all the pertinent stuff will be there. Um, and uh, you know, if you have uh, if you're watching this in the future and you have thoughts to share, uh, having having already received the project, uh, let us know. Uh, or if you have questions um, or or want to want to um, comment on, on uh, Splinters of Faith, please leave comments here uh, in the video. We would love to hear from you, and uh, maybe we'll uh, incorporate that into future shows. And also yeah, future and, books. Uh, <laughs> if we, if great, great, great. I will forward it. We, we read your <laughs> to reviews. Jeff and Terry so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and uh, if you're new to uh, our show, The Wandering DMs, remember that you can like, follow, and subscribe to us. We are on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter and Facebook and GitHub and TikTok. And we do have the handle Wandering DMs on all those sites. So follow us there, and you'll get notifications on upcoming guests uh, like Jeff and Gary or other people from Frog God Games or other writers. If you prefer to listen to this show in audio-only podcast format, uh, those podcasts are available on our website at Wandering DMs, also through various secondary carriers such as Google Podcasts, iTunes, etc. Um, if you are on another site and listening to this show right now, please take a moment and stop and rate and review us there on that site. That helps uh, other users of that site find our show, and we really appreciate it. Uh, we really do. And of course, huge thanks to our patrons who support the Wandering DM show. If you would like to join them, please visit patreon.com slash wandering DMs and you'll see our various tier levels. You get discounts on March, access to a private Discord server, monthly behind the scenes stuff, polls and surveys. And after party chat that we hold every Sunday, we'll be there in about 10 minutes to continue the conversation about the Frog God game stuff with our viewers uh, with live video chat. Uh, you're going to be there today, Paul? I absolutely will be. It's a beautiful day here in Massachusetts. I'm going to take my laptop out onto the uh, balcony. Uh, and uh, yeah, I really want to encourage uh, anyone who's on the fence, uh, you know, chuck a dollar at the Patreon, get access to the private Discord, and join us in that after-party chat. A uh, lot of great discussions. Uh, a lot of things that, that generate new shows for us in the future happen there in the Discord. So come on and join us. Yeah, please do. Uh, also look for uh, Paul with the TDR crew. Uh, we'll be back uh, Monday night. Uh, I will be back with some late night uh, gaming from the Elder Times uh, late Thursday. But thanks to Jeff and Gary so much for coming on today and telling us about Splinters of Faith. Look for their um, uh, Kickstarter 
coming up in a couple of days, and we hope that's a huge success. Thanks, thanks, you guys. All right, thank you much. Thank you very much. Awesome. Don't forget, we are live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, so please join us again next week for another thought-provoking discussion. We'll see you then. <laughs>